Hello and welcome to Stab About Health. I'm Rom Gaioso, co-host. We are broadcasting via Futures Television, the home of the future on television. If you're watching this show on Futures Television, listen to it on Radio Futures or listen to it as a podcast or as a recorded event on one of the social media platforms or watching it on our new futuresnetwork.tv video-on-demand platform, you too can be part of the conversation. Just visit our Twitch channel, and that is IMCI Magazine, where we continue to chat about the topic of the day. You can also access this information on our website, and that is www.futurestelevision.com, so don't be shy. Well, today, we speak with Dr. Bob. He's a physician, book author, and publisher of the Ask Dr. Bob column and a new show on futuresnetwork.tv. So, folks, thank you so very much for your feedback. We have been working very hard to bring you the latest and greatest on health and wellness topics. We heard your feedback, and here's the result. We are lining up top physicians, healthcare experts, and patient advocates to address health topics and to answer your questions. But again, folks, this is a talk show designed for informational purposes only. Neither Deb nor her guests are giving medical advice on the internet. For the medical care you deserve and need, please see your healthcare provider. Well, that's a lot to talk about today, so let's get going. But but before we start, let me say a few words about the show. So the talk show is broadcast every other Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Time, where I join Deb Beach to discuss a variety of health and wellness topics. So do you have a condition, and are you trying to find out where you can find more information about it? Or do you want to hear firsthand the latest on research and new discoveries? How about meeting top experts in a variety of fields? If you're seeking knowledge, let's work together to talk with people who are a good source and can help us find information. And with that, help us build some confidence. If you want to prepare for your next consultation and your goal is to build health literacy, then this show is for you. So let's get started with you know, my sharing a few words about our show host, Deb Dietz. So Deb has a long and distinguished career as a coach, mentor, and through her awesome training programs at SMB Digital Education, she has enabled many people to find the information they need. And that's exactly what I like about her. It's her ability to investigate and talk about tough topics while helping all of us find the information we need. Well, if we have a health-related question, let's ask Deb. Well, without further ado, let's welcome the host of the show, Deb Ditch, to the show. How are you doing today, Deb? Hey, Ram. How are you? Great to see you. How wonderful. So please say a few words about your new show. Absolutely. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome. We're very excited to be here with Ask Deb About Health. Our show focuses on helping people build their health literacy skills, because everybody needs health literacy skills to successfully find and access care, prevent certain health conditions, understand their choices, manage those health conditions that they currently have, communicate their needs to their healthcare practitioner, understand their choices, and make informed decisions. And so we focus on the components of health literacy, which include obtaining understanding, appraising, communicating, and applying health-related information. And so we invite subject matter experts on our show. Today, we're, uh, our guest is Dr. Bob, and uh, delighted to, to welcome here today to talk about uh, being a conscious parent. Uh, he is a pediatrician, and we're delighted to have him with us. So he's going to share uh, the topics of, of parenting with us, 
Uh, and uh, really the purpose of the show, very similar to the Ask Deb About Business show, is that uh, we are here to inform and provide information, practical guidance from experts in their field, of which Dr. Bob certainly is one. And so we're really focused on helping people get the medical care that they need. How wonderful. Let's say a few words about our guest today, who is Dr. Bob. So Bob Saw was born in Chicago, Illinois, and grew up in the Chicago area, and later moved on to Colorado. A graduate from Colorado College and the University of Colorado School of Medicine, he completed pediatric training at Duke University Medical Center and genetic, genetic training at the Greenwood Genetic Center. He's a professor of pediatrics at Prisma Health Children's Hospital Upstate and the University of South Carolina School of Medicine, Greenville, in Greenville, South Carolina. He has two grown children, Bradley and Ben, and has been married to his wife, Jan, for over 35 years. His books include My Children's Children, Raising Young Citizens in the Age of Columbine, All About Children, and Thinking Developmentally, Nurturing Wellness in Childhood to Promote Lifelong Health. His latest book, Conscious Parenting, Using the Parental Awareness Threshold, was published in March 2020. Well, you know, it's time uh, for us uh, to get to know Dr. Bob. So, uh, Dr. Bob, welcome to the show and so wonderful to have you here. Well, thank you. It's uh, just my delight and, uh, to be here and I'm so looking forward to our discussion today. Wonderful. We're so happy to have you and, and uh, as our guest. And one of the things we love to open the show with with our guest is to have them share a little bit about themselves because uh, our audience loves to hear about the journeys that people take uh, to get where they are uh, currently. And you've got a really interesting background. And so if you would uh, share your journey with us, tell us about how, how and when you fell in love with medicine and decided to become a doctor. Well, that's interesting because I, I went to college thinking I wanted to be a psychologist. Um, and part of that was based on some um, sort of personal issues in, uh, in junior high, a uh, victim of bullying, a uh, divorced family. Um, so there were some difficult issues and I realized I wanted to learn more and see what I could do to help more people. In college, I sort of said, wow, this is really cool, all this science, to be able to bring this together. Um, and so it was sort of the background of probably my early childhood uh, and then the, the thrill of science and trying to learn how I could integrate that into being a better person uh, and somebody who could be uh, a physician uh, and a healer. Now, I'm also, I was also on the admissions committee of medical school and everyone that comes into medical school and they're interviewed so why do you want to go to medical school? I said, well, I want to help people. And while that might seem like a trite answer, it really is true. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to help people. So that's probably why I got into medicine. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, you know, I, you are obviously a multiple time book author, written a lot of books, um, certainly an advocate for children. And I understand that you were also a foster parent for children with disabilities. So what can you share with us about that experience? How that shaped you, how that shaped your journey, how it impacted you and the choices that you've made in your life? 
Well, that really, uh, that had a significant impact. It was in college. My first wife and I uh, were foster parents for children with, with significant developmental disabilities. The first one was a nine-year-old boy who had had congenital rubella, and he had had heart disease, uh, had significant visual impairment and hearing impairment. So trying to get a nine-year-old boy to be toilet trained was quite, it was quite a journey, uh, and it taught me a lot about what the families go through that have children uh, that have different uh, problems, the trials and tribulations taught me a lot of empathy. But then also sort of, then I was in medical, got into medical school. I said, what do you want to do? I wanted to do everything. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be an internist. I wanted to be a radiologist. I wanted to be a dermatologist. But I came back to what my first love was, pediatrics. Um, and then as I was going through my training uh, at Duke uh, back in the 1970s, so what kind of pediatrician you want to be? I loved, I absolutely loved doing general pediatrics, but I, there was the science was, was ready to drive me enough to do some specialty training. So once I finished my pediatric training, I also learned how to be a medical geneticist. So it was certainly learning, being a foster parent was that initial impetus to get me going to learn the science behind the problems, but then also the pediatrics uh, and learning how to, to have the proper empathy and care for these families. Wonderful, wonderful. I, I, I think that's wonderful to have you know, kind of a passion for both, right? For pediatrics and, and genetics and, uh, and helping children. And it, it's interesting because when we first spoke, you talked a lot about um, the community and that you wanted to, to have a positive impact on your community. And you, through your work, have kind of articulated five steps that any community can can implement. Um, and can you share kind of your thoughts about community, giving back to the community? Because I know that's something that was very meaningful to you, um, certainly you know now more than ever. Share with us kind of what that looked like for you and what some of the takeaways might be for our audience. Oh, I'd love to. And let me give you the background on that because it was, it was back in, I'd been in practice for 14 years and I realized that while I was determined to be the best darn doctor I could be, that I hadn't paid back to the community like I should. And so this was in 1993, 30 years ago, I heard a talk by somebody who was talking to healthcare professionals that said 12 words that have had a profound impact on me ever since. For anything that happens in, in your community, I am the problem, I am the solution, I am the resource. I must admit, it took me months to internalize that in terms of trying to figure out what that meant. That meant for everything that was happening in the, in the community, I had to take personal ownership in it. That if I wanted to be part of the solution, which I wanted, I needed to devote my resources to it. So 30 years ago, I took that in and went to the community leaders and said, you know, put me in coach, I'm ready. I'm ready to do something that not just because I'm a doctor, but I'm ready to sort of be a, a more integral part of the community. Six years later, April 20, 1999, two students walk into a high school in Littleton, Colorado, massacre 13 people and kill themselves. You and I know that is Columbine. Mm -hmm. I was devastated. I, I don't know particularly why. I mean, granted, I went to college and medical school in Colorado, but it wasn't Colorado. It was just the fact that it happened. And I asked myself, could that happen in my community? And the answer was, of course, yes. Uh, 
I asked myself, what have you done to make a difference? And the answer when I was honest with myself was not enough. So I sat down and put pencil to paper. We did that back then um, and wrote out what I considered to be the five steps to community improvement. Don't know why I picked those five steps, but I'm sticking with it at this point, even 30 years later, because I think that's what's so important. And I'll go through them very briefly and I can expound if you want me to. First off, one, learn to be the best parent you can be. And I chose those words carefully because not everyone has the same circumstances. Not everyone has the same intellectual background. Not everyone has the same socioeconomic status. Not everyone has the same support systems. So my job as a pediatrician was not to tell parents what to do, was to help enable them to be the best parent they could be given their circumstances. It took me 40 years after training to realize my job was not to tell them, but to gently help peer behind the curtain, analyze the situation with them, and see what I could do to help enable them going forward. So that's number one, learn to be the best parent you could be. Number two, get involved. It's so important for each of us to get involved in some way, shape, or form in our community. There's just so many ways you can do that, that I don't have a specific answer, whether that's church, community activities, uh, running the food bank. There's just so many things that can be done in one's community to make a difference. And that sets the positive example for your children and for others. Number three, get involved, excuse me, stay involved, which I think is different than getting involved. Sometimes it's easy to get involved. It's tough to sustain that involvement. So staying involved is so important. Number four, perhaps is the most intuitive, love for others. But in our divisive society where we're yelling past each other and shouting, shouting slurs and saying bad things about people, we've sort of lost track of that. And number five, which I think is the most difficult, and we can talk more about that, I think is forgiveness. Forgiveness is so important. And it's been a journey that I've been on now for, again, uh, 35 years, over 30 years to try to learn how to be a better individual practicing forgiveness. So those are the five steps that got me going. I think it makes a difference. Um, I'll let you get a word in edgewise. No, you know, I, I, I love that. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. You know, it's interesting, this last uh, step number five that you mentioned about forgiveness, I think is uh, maybe easier said than done. So do you have any practical advice or, or tips that you could give our audience to help us, you know, understand maybe how to be better at that? And also, uh, before you, you continue, I would like you to, and you made a comment here, you said you yourself was a victim of bullying, right? So uh, that hurts. Right? So how does the forgiveness process work? Or what's your advice? Well, I love the advice of Maury Schwartz. I don't know if you've ever seen the book, Tuesdays with Maury, uh, written by Mitch Album, And he talks about working with Maury Schwartz, his prized, sociology professor at Brandeis University as Maury was dying from ALS. So he went to visit him every Tuesday. Uh, and, one, and I'm paraphrasing quickly, but one of the important messages that he learned, that Mitch learned from Maury Schwartz is, forgive yourself, forgive others, and do it now. That is, you really need to forgive yourself first of the issues that you're harboring uh, to be able to forgive others uh, and do it now. And there's several examples that I, 
I think are just so dramatic. I mean, one of the primary examples is the massacre at the Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina. Within a week, the parishioners in that church had already forgiven the person that had killed their other nine cohorts or uh, other nine people in the church. Now, you and I might say, how, how could they do that? How could I think they reached inside to make a difference. I think it plus I think forgiveness is a real journey. When your four-year-old whacks your two-year-old and you tell the four-year-old, tell him you're sorry, and the four-year-old goes, oh, I'm sorry. Um, you, you, we, we know that, that that really isn't what you and I think of as forgiveness or being or actually issuing an apology. So it's we need to learn whether we be four, 14, 24, 44, or 64, the, how to practice forgiveness. Getting back to your question, Ram, about a, the bully, um, and at this point, I understand, and I don't, I understand it was probably their immaturity, uh, and so it's, it's really immaterial to me, and I've learned to move on. But a very personal difficulty in my own life was my father was, uh, unfortunately, had a problem with alcohol. Um, and there were some significant issues in the family. Um, and learning to practice forgiveness, even into adulthood, for me was very difficult. So I've, I've, at times I have to learn to practice what I'm preaching, uh, but I'm trying to learn. Uh, and the other quick thing I would add about forgiveness, well, let me add, <laughs> funny story is my son one night, he was about seven or eight, said something that made me very mad. And I yelled at him. Well, he was the kind of kid that just turned into a puddle if you yelled at him. And so he was just a puddle. My wife was mad at me for yelling, appropriately so. And we went into that family meltdown mode that I'm sure the two of you have never had. Uh, but we, nobody talked and we just walked past each other for two hours. Um, and then it, was time, then it was time to go to bed. And I laid down with my son and I said, son, I'm so sorry about what happened tonight. You did something I think was wrong, but dad's response was totally wrong. And I want to apologize and ask for your forgiveness. And I went on. He said, Dad, would you be quiet? I said, why? He said, I hate it when you're nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, but I'm saying that it, it, even then, I guess I understood the importance of forgiveness and moving on. But one other thing for forgiveness is social forgiveness, communal forgiveness. That is, we need to be able to practice as a group forgiveness. A prime example is the physicians. The American Medical Association, which is based in Chicago, um, early on did not allow black physicians. Um, they subsequently changed that policy. But about 15 years ago, they decided to issue a group apology for what they had done in the past. Now, it was none of those people that did that. They could have easily said, wasn't me. But what they said was, was us. And by saying was us and acknowledging what they did, what they, did they helped reset their moral compass going forward. And I think that's so important. Wonderful. Wow. I, I would like to uh, have a segue question to that. Because, and again, I'm not going to try to ask you to solve the world problems. But if you could, 
so I do have a, a very special question for you, and I think you touch on, on the heart of the issue, which is uh, dealing with conflict and forgiveness. Dr. Bob, we have a terrible war going on in Europe right now between Ukraine and Russia. And, you know, people are dying, people are, are getting killed every day. At some point in time, this war will end. I don't know when, we don't know when, but it will, it will end. So at what point in time or how people start this process of forgiveness and trying to get along with each other? How does the process start between the person, for example, in your case, the person who suffered the bullying and the aggressor? How does this process work or what could we do as a society? You talked about the societal forgiveness. What can we do as a society to get that process started? Well, I think it takes a significant social effort. And a couple, there are some, several historical examples. Uh, obviously, if you look at post-World War II uh, and the Holocaust, um, the, uh, the, the Jewish community um, needed there to be some accountability uh, for those that were the perpetrators of horrific acts. Uh, if you look down to South Africa, after apartheid, there was the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that took a long time to come to the issues and put them out in front of everybody. Uh, if you look at the massacre in Rwanda uh, after 1994, I mean, there have been numerous commissions and bringing folks together. And so this takes years, this takes decades, and it takes a concerted effort. It's, it takes individually, but in some ways it takes even more than that. It takes groups and group leaders the, the, the leaders that can articulate uh, what the issues have been and to try to help set a path going forward. So the, I really don't have an answer for the current war uh, other than, for example, if, if everything were to stop today um, and the Ukrainian people would try to figure out how to reconcile with the Russian people, they recognize usually it's not the people it's the leaders, uh, so you have to sort of try to understand the dynamics of the situation and then try to learn how to go forward. That was a roundabout answer and probably didn't, wasn't specific enough, but uh, it's so hard. No, it's hard. I mean, forgiveness is hard, right? And But at some point in time, we have to start somewhere. And, and the first step or the person who extends the hand first I think that's the true hero or the true heroine, the person who will actually, yeah, you hurt me, but we we have to coexist as people. And right now it's difficult because the conflict is still ongoing, but at some point in time it will end. It will. Right, mm -hmm. we, we have to remember that, you know, nothing lasts forever. And somewhere in the back of our minds and the back of everybody else's minds, we have to remember that, you know, people are people and we have to find a way to reconcile, right? No, it's not easy. I mean, and you know, who who has suffered most? The children, um, because of lost parents, lost grandparents. You know, just total disruption of their lives. Uh, yeah, and it's so it's it's unfortunately that the children are the innocent pawns of, of adults' foul play, but uh, that's that's usually the consequence. Yes, yes. Well, you know, your your most recent book that you wrote. Um, on parenting was, you titled it Conscious Parenting. 
So tell us a little bit about what you mean by that and what is it, can you explain it for our audience? Yeah, let me give you a little bit of background on that. When I changed jobs late in my career, um, 2013, uh, I was made to take a leadership course and I rolled my eyes and said, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it was called Conscious Leadership, actually by a fellow out of the Chicago area. Um, and to simplify, he talks about a line. And when you're above the line, you're open, you're receptive, you're ready to learn. When you're below the line, you're closed, you're defensive, you're always right. Uh, and the whole point of conscious leadership is knowing where you were above or below the line. We've all been in that three o'clock meeting when we're just thinking to ourselves, when's this going to be over? Um, and uh, so, so if we can be conscious about being below the line, maybe we can be conscious about making a change. Well, to me, the exact situation is analogous to parenting. There's a line, and I call it the parental awareness threshold. And when you're above the parental awareness threshold, you're open, you're receptive, you're ready to learn. When you're below, you're closed, you're defensive, you're always right because I said so, because I'm the parent. Um, and so hopefully trying to understand that there's this parental awareness threshold and think in using some tools how to figure out where you are and how to make changes is the whole point about going forward and having a conscious awareness mm -hmm. how you are as a parent and how you can do better and how you can do a better job raising your children now see i love i love that because i think we're you know we're living in a day and age everybody's so busy parents are so busy everybody's working everybody you know the kids have sports activities it's just you know the pace of our lives these days are so quick and so fast but you know what you're advocating for here is you know there has to be a moment of pausing and thinking and and paying attention uh, to where you are on that line. Are you above? Are you below? And uh, so I think that's, you know, putting that out there and, and sharing that that thought with, uh, with us maybe will make some of us stop along the way, maybe pause, take that pause and think about where we are and what can we what, how can we improve ourselves? How can we improve where we are as we're addressing that line? And, uh, and I think that's, you know, so that's being conscious and being aware of your own, you know, of where you are at that point in time and how you can make improvements. And maybe some of these improvements are small, small improvements, right? So maybe just some, you know, minor changes would be, uh, would be appropriate. Is that a fair statement? Oh, absolutely. And it's so, it's because it's so important that, that conscious awareness I talk about is for the parent, but also knowing where your child is developmentally. Okay. Don't expect the two-year-old to be as developmentally mature as the six-year-old or the 16-year-old. So it's important to understand consciously where you are, where your children are. Uh, so you have realistic and unrealistic. You can have realistic and try to play down any unrealistic expectations. But it's also important to realize that you're gonna have a different reaction to the same situation very differently at certain times. Monday morning, you know, the hubbub and getting everything done, the exact same situation might be handled very differently than Friday morning. Um, so a conscious awareness of where you are and making that change. And you use the key words. When something happens, when there's a behavioral issue, you want to pause, yeah. avoid that knee-jerk reaction. You want to assess and then choose a response. Now, the important thing is you might choose the wrong response. <laughs> 
and, and that's where forgiveness comes in. That's where this parental awareness threshold comes in. You know, if you could realize, you know, I really flew off the handle. I really shouldn't have done it that way. If you can't correct it right then, correct it later, later that day or later in the week with an appropriate apology. You know, Sally, what what dad did back then really was wrong. And I, that was a bad example. And we need to work how to, we need to figure out how to do better going forward. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think that's that's so important. And uh, just to you know, take the time to do that, right? Take the time to um, to pause and reflect maybe on your own behavior and uh, and try to make amends sooner rather than later. I love, I love your comment in terms of uh, listening to people, because unfortunately, in our society, we came to a point where people are no longer listening. They are talking at each other, not with each other. Because there's no more you know, empathy in terms of listening. If maybe perhaps, and you mentioned, you know, if you pause and you listen, right? If you try to understand, if we, you know, in, in the old days, we used to say, if you walk some, you know, a mile in somebody else's shoes, perhaps we would develop a, a better understanding. But I think it's important uh, that you highlight the importance of listening, listening to the others, listening to others, making sure, you know, we're at the same level and not just shouting back at the people, yeah. just trying to, hey, What's going on with you? Let's sit back, listen, pause, think before you answer. Those things sometimes they they, they flew off the handle, but they shouldn't, right? And we, as the parents, you know, <laughs> I think it's on us to you know let the six-year-old throw a tantrum, but but we can't, right? Or we shouldn't. <laughs> well, and you know, that's one of the th one of the skills I've I've learned over the years in medicine. And granted, I've I have retired from clinical medicine, but when I wrote an article at the end of my career saying, what are the five things I would, uh, five lessons, listening is one of the most critical ones. And listening allows you to have that empathy. Listening is one of the critical skills of being a citizen. And citizens care about each other. Citizens care for each other. And I think that's what we've lost track of in our society is learning how to be citizens. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I think this might be an interesting time, Ram, to uh, talk a little bit about Dr. Bob's channel on Futures Network TV. So what do you think? Should we take a look? Yeah, let's uh, go take a look at um, um, I'd love to go there and show people so folks that's futuresnetwork.tv and again we you know one of our specialties is futures of health so you're going to find a variety of things you're of course going to find several documentaries so if you're interested in a specific uh condition you have or would like to know more you know perhaps you know you you have you know gluten tolerance perhaps you want to know about you know you have difficulty sleeping or you want to hear more about you know uh, stem cell and stem cell, cell research so there's several documents uh, in the documentaries out there so you can come in and of course you can take a look uh, but in addition to that we have several courses uh, one of them is raising confident parents so basically talking about you know pregnancy and pregnancy issues is just a wonderful thing to look at and then we have two types of of shows associated with health and health futures so we have in healthcare so that's exactly you know where in you know, the doctor bob resides that's his home 
and the future of health. So basically, you know, it's talking about a variety of issues. So, you know, Dr. Bob is the author of, you know, Ask Dr. Bob, a column in a newspaper. So he's been doing that for quite some time. And he has some very interesting perspectives and stories and lots of great advice, you know, to help, you know, go through the day and help us think like just what he said, you know, pause and listen, you know, don't go give in to the tantrum. But Dr. Bob's uh, uh, journal is right here. So if you, you would like to, you like what you see here, you'd like, you know, to meet him and get to know uh, him through his talks, his columns, you know, his books, you know, that's, uh, that's the place to be. Actually, uh, we do have a uh, video uh, that is an intro to uh, Dr. Bob. Should we watch that? That's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> Dr. Bob, what are your, th what are your thoughts uh, for the channel, for your channel? What, uh, what types of uh, content are you thinking about uh, expanding? Well, I'm really excited. There's so many, so many sort of what some people might consider mundane pediatric advice issues. Uh, but certainly my passion is what, how can we be better parents? How can we advocate for children better? And how can we improve our communities? Um, so, and promoting the concept of citizenship. Those are the things I would like to highlight going forward. And you certainly uh, have been doing that for a while. And, and I love when you say, you know, I'm an advocate for children. Uh, shouldn't we all be advocates for children? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. But it's, but if you look at some of the political agendas these days, we're not. Um, and it's the, and if you look at sort of the health inequities in our society, I mean, most of the dollars are spent for on, for folks like my age, uh, and fewer are spent for children. But we know that so much of what happens in children is expressed in adulthood. So we used one of the examples is we used to talk about adult onset diseases. You know, you, you all, all three of us here are prone to adult onset diseases, hypertension, diabetes, uh, weight problems, all those, those are not adult onset. Those are adult manifest diseases of what happened in childhood. And we have lost track of trying to keep a better handle on how we can promote children's health better. And I can't wait to hear more about your column and the interesting things you talk about. So, folks, uh, please uh, make sure you come and, and meet with Dr. Bob in his uh, new channel. And, you know, we'll, we love to have you. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Certainly, you know, can count on me and Deb being there uh, and listening uh, to uh, your advice. <laughs> well, folks, we sure covered a lot of ground today. And, and thank you so much for joining us. We hope, you know, you learned something new about, you know, how we can become better parents, you know, and Dr. Bob, you know, you can help you find a path to ensure you're on your way to becoming the best parent you can, you can possibly be. And that's really why uh, uh, we love having him here. Again, thank you so very much, Dr. Bob, you know, and thank you folks 
for your being here with Dr. Bob Dev and me. And remember, if you're watching the show on Futures Television or listening to it on Radio Futures or listening to it as a podcast or as a recorded event on the social media platforms, you too can be part of the conversation. So watch for the links on this video so you can continue the conversation on our Twitch channel. And, you know, uh, it's time for us uh, to say our thank yous again. Uh, Dr. Bob, thank you so very much um, for thank being you. here with us. And best of luck. I can't wait to see, you know, what you're bringing next Absolutely. week. I was going to ask for, for, for a sneak peek, but I want I, I want it to be a total <laughs> surprise for me as well. I hate when people tell me, well, this movie is about... No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I want to I watch the movie. So I want to watch uh, uh, your next column, actually, and, and your next show. Terrific. Thank you. Thank you, so, folks. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Bob. And Deb, as always, thank you. I know and, and I really love what Deb does. You know, she listens to your, you know, feedback. She says, we want to hear more. We want more experts. And Deb is right mm -hmm. on top of it. And she's researching, looking. And when we found Dr. Bob, we said, oh, yes, Dr. Bob needs to be, needs to be in you the bet. show. So thank you so much, Deb. No, I'm, I'm delighted. And, uh, you know, we, we listen to our audience and uh, they tell us the topics that they want to learn about. And uh, so we're just delighted to find wonderful experts like Dr. Bob. So, Dr. Bob, thank you so much for your for being here today. I'm really excited about your channel and seeing what comes next um, and uh, and learning, you know, conscious parenting. is a, It's a there's a lot to learn about how to be the best parent you can be. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your expertise. And we look forward to uh, to learning from you moving forward. Thank you. This is going to be fun. It will be. It certainly will. So, folks, it's time for us to start saying our goodbyes. And, of course, again, and once more, thank you so very much for your being you know, here with us today. And, again, uh, take a look at witchersnetwork.tv slash home forward slash home i should say dr bob's uh, channel is in there and and he would love to to see and hear you and hear comments and questions if you have some again thank you so much and we'll see you again on the next ask deb about health thank you